Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. Keep listening as we talk about the book, The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin, where you can find out about the two different types of expectations and how you respond to these. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and back to our normal schedule of episodes, talking about my favorite business and non-fiction books that I've been reading and the three big ideas. So sharing with you the three big ideas I've taken from each of the books and doing the reading so you don't have to. I know a lot of you don't have necessary time to read or the inclination maybe to read. So these podcasts are really designed to help you get a bit of the gist of what the key lessons are from some of the best books going at the moment in the non-fiction, business, marketing, psychology kind of field and bring the information to you. As I mentioned earlier, today's book is The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. I read this one a little while ago and it's one that's probably floated around my mind a little bit more actually. I'll talk a little bit about the book and what I liked and what's uh, and probably some of the maybe limitations of it as we go through. But one of the things I must say is that it was a really entertaining and easy read. So if you're looking for something a little bit different, if you're looking as another little extra level of self-awareness, I definitely recommend this book. For those of you I haven't met yet, I realize I haven't done an intro for a little while. And as we're six months in, I know there are new people listening, probably worth doing a little short intro. So my name's Steph Clark. I'm a facilitator, a team coach, a podcaster, and a bookworm. I live in Melbourne, Australia, and I am from the UK. So I'm a POM, as the Australians would tell me. Been here for five years, and I really love reading. And this podcast came out of the whole thing of scratching your own itch, So last year in 2018, I read a lot of books. I read over 30 books and I was looking for a way of collating all the information, all the things I'd learned in a really succinct way because I was often recommending books to people or asking, being asked for book recommendations. So I wanted a bit of a resource that I could send people to so that I could share the love of the books and the reading that I've been doing. So we've been going since January 2019, 14th of January 2019. If you haven't listened to them already, the last two weeks were two special editions where I shared the 10 big ideas or the best 10 big ideas from the last six months of the podcast. Go back and listen to those if you haven't already. But this episode is number 30. So we're 30 episodes deep into the podcast. I'm getting a bit worried now that I'm going to start running out of books. I need to restart reading a bit faster. And like I said, this one is about the four tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. As usual, a little bit about the author. If you haven't heard of Gretchen Rubin, she is one of today's most influential and thought-provoking observers of happiness and human nature. She is known for her ability to distill and convey complex ideas with humor and clarity in a way that's accessible to a wide audience. She's the author of many books, including the blockbuster New York Times bestsellers Outer Order, Inner Calm, The Four Tendencies, which we're talking about today, Better Than Before, and The Happiness Project. She has an enormous readership, both in print and online, and her books have sold over 3.5 million copies worldwide in more than 30 languages. The Happiness Project actually spent two years on the bestseller list. In her top-ranking, award-winning podcast, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, she discusses happiness and good habits with her sister, Elizabeth Kraft. I've put a link to that podcast in the show notes. It's worth a little listen. In her work, she draws from cutting-edge science, the wisdom of ages, lessons from popular culture, and her own experience to explore how we can make our lives happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. Gretchen started her career in law and was clerking for Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor when she realized that she wanted to be a writer. Raised in Kansas City, she lives now in New York City with her husband and two daughters. And that was taken from Gretchen's website. Link is in the show notes. A little bit about the book. 
During her multi-book investigation into human nature, Gretchen realized that by asking the suspiciously simple question, how do I respond to expectations, we gain explosive self-knowledge. She discovered that people fit into four tendencies, and our tendencies shape every aspect of our behavior. So understanding this framework lets us make better decisions, meet deadlines, suffer less stress and burnout, and engage more effectively. The four tendencies explains why we act and why we don't act. One of the big daily challenges of life is how do I get people, including myself, to do what I want? And knowing the four tendencies makes this task much, much easier. Again, that information was taken from Gretchen's website. Link is in the show notes. I've also included in the show notes a link to find the quiz where you can find out your tendency of the four tendencies. I'll be talking about that as we go through this episode. Another link to find out more about the four tendencies, because obviously this episode is just going to be a very high level overview. And obviously, like I mentioned, a link to Gretchen's podcast. So without further ado, let's go into the three big ideas I took from the book, The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Number one, there are two types of expectations. And this is really a fundamental principle of the book. There are two types of expectations. Your internal expectations, which are placed on us by ourselves. For example, that New Year's resolution to go to the gym eight times a week or run a marathon or whatever it is. And then your external expectations, which are placed onto us by others. For example, a work deadline, having to, I don't know, pick kids up from school, something like that. What Gretchen has found in the research that she did that is that how people respond to those expectations determines your type. What it also does is determines what type of challenges, habits, etc. do you find easier or harder to maintain. So that's big idea number one, that there are two types of expectation. Big idea number two is that there are four tendencies. So this is really the application of big idea number one about the two different types of expectation. How you respond to those expectations creates the four tendencies. So, for example, there are four tendencies. Number one is our upholders, and they uphold inner and outer expectations. There's a little catchphrase that comes with each, or a little motto that comes with each of the four tendencies. The one for the upholder is do what's right, even if others say I'm uptight, which I thought was quite funny when I realized that I know several upholders. So they uphold inner and outer expectations. They find things very easy to do to stick to schedules, to stick to plans, because the expectations are there and they're going to follow through with them. They'll be the kind of people who wake up up and think, right, what's on today's agenda or what's on today's plan? And that's what they're going to do, hour by hour, minute by minute. Obligers are the second type. They're very willing to meet external expectations, so doing things for others, but really struggle with internal expectations. The obligers motto is that you can count on me. So these are the people who might struggle to meet and uphold their New Year's resolutions, for example, unless someone else, unless it's dependent on someone else or is needed to do for someone else. If it's just for themselves, they'll really struggle because that's an internal expectation. Type number three is the questioner. These people question all expectations until they feel like the expectation is justified. Therefore, that it kind of aligns with their inner expectations. They will internalize most expectations in a way that means that they've agreed with it and they think it's okay. Their motto is, I'll comply if you convince me why. Now, I am a questioner per the survey, per the quiz. And when I did this, and when I was telling some other people who I know who have done this as well, they were, (laughs) their first reaction was, well, of course. Finally, type number four, tendency number four is the rebel, or the rebels. And they resist all expectations. Bit challenging at times. 
Their motto, funnily enough, is you can't make me and neither can I. So they will struggle to stick to schedules, to go with the plan, to do things and particularly abide by rules that they don't think are necessary. Now, questioners will question the rules. They'll then make a decision on whether they are going to adhere to them or not, whether they think that's a sensible rule. Whereas a rebel, if there's a rule in place or a schedule or a plan, that is their kryptonite. So we had upholders, obligers, questioners and rebels. And those are the four tendencies, which is big idea number two. Big idea number three is success through self-awareness. Knowing your tendency helps you create the environment and the habits you need to succeed, both for yourself and for others. So having this knowledge, this self-awareness and also awareness of others can help you work better with them and also achieve more yourself. I liked this concept when you think about each of these and I'll give you some more details in a moment, but in the context of thinking about James Clear's Atomic Habits, which was one of my favorite books from 2018 and was in an earlier episode, I'll link to that in the show notes. But thinking about how you're creating being the architect of your own environment to consider and adapt for your tendency. So for example, our upholders. So we said earlier that our upholders willingly and happily uphold inner and outer expectations. They've got good high self-accountability. They find, like I said, the rules schedule is really easy to stick to. However, they might need to loosen up a bit more when rules change or sorry, when plans change or when rules don't make any sense or hold them back from actually achieving things. You probably see that a lot with people at work. Well, that's the rule. Okay, but that doesn't make sense and nothing bad's going to happen if we don't do that. Those people will really struggle. So we need to help them to let go, maybe to delegate because they might worry or will tend to worry that other people won't do the work as, as diligently as they might. And you might also have to help upholders make mistakes to fail in a safe way. Type number two are obligers or the ones that find external expectations very easy to meet, but struggle with internal expectations. They're very responsible, very reliable, and they take commitment very seriously. So they're great to have on your team, but they can burn out because they're always putting others first. Then very rarely or find it very hard to do things for themselves. So what you can do if this is you or what you can help others do if this is who you live with, work with, is help them think of themselves, help them say no, maybe be an accountability buddy. So this, these definitely are the type of people who need a gym buddy or a running buddy or someone to go and do things with, because if they don't follow through, they're then letting the other person down, which would be an external expectation not being met, which would be horrible for an obliger. Now obligers, if they become too burnt out, because again, they can be easily taken advantage of, they can then become rebels and completely go the opposite direction. So it's a very interesting one, an important one to keep an eye on. If you're an obliger yourself and you're struggling to meet those inner expectations, find a way of maybe pivoting those so they become an expectation for others. So for example, there was a couple of examples in the book or case studies where people had shared their experience of particularly health goals and things and turning that into not something that they were doing for themselves, but something they were doing for their family, for their children, etc., to help them live a longer, happier life and that their kids didn't then have to look after them. So that inspired them, then it was an exit, turned an inner expectation into an external expectation and made it much easier to adhere to. Type number three were our questioners, good at finding better ways of doing things and good at questioning, really challenging the status quo and making sure that things are being done for good reason. Now, harnessed at the right time in the right place, that can be very good. 
However, it can also go too far and you end up trusting nothing or no one and getting paralysis because you can't make a decision because you've not been given either enough information to decide if that's worth doing or not or that you've not been given the right information to determine if it's true or valid. I quite liked in the book, particularly maybe this because this is my tendency, that the one of the weaknesses of questioners is that they have crackpot potential. So maybe more likely to go down the conspiracy theory route. They really value data and facts. So again, working with those in your team, those of you thinking about who you're working with, use that to its advantage. What you might need to do, whether this is you yourself or working with others or people you live with, is to help them make decisions and focus on what's worth questioning and what can be let go. Finally, our rebels, they will do things that they want to and when they want. They find expectations almost offensive. For example, there was an example in the book where someone, a rebel, received an email and it just said, read me, and then the subject. So they immediately deleted it because even the, the sniff of an expectation from someone had quite a visceral effect on them. And they immediately deleted the email because they didn't want to read it because they'd been instructed to read it. So you need to align their habits to their identity. That was the way to overcome the rebel nature because they're quite values driven. They need to think about aligning to identity, which again is is something very similar to the work of James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, about thinking about the person you want to be. So for example, in here, they talked about people who wanted to, to write, wanted to learn a language, wanted to become runners. So they did that. They thought, right, I am a runner. What would a runner do? And they did those things because it was part of their identity rather than an expectation. It just became them and part of them and their being. They're great to have around because they will buck conventional wisdom quite happily and maybe take you places in your thinking that you haven't gone to before. So help them or help yourself if this is you, find a purpose, a cause or identity to connect with because that is when people can go deeper. And there was quite a lot of examples, a surprising number of examples of people who were rebels and were in jobs such as military jobs, police jobs in the clergy. And a lot of them said that the rules and the expectations of which there are many in those kind of industries don't bother them because they've really aligned to the purpose, to the values and to them and their identity as being part of that kind of organization. Really powerful. So that was big idea number three, success through self-awareness, knowing your style, knowing your tendency and then being able to work with that rather than it working against you. So a quick recap of the three big ideas from the book Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Number one, there are two types of expectations. Number two, there are four tendencies. And big idea number three, success through self-awareness. Like I said, I enjoyed the book in terms of the read. It's very easy. It was quite light. It had some good stories and examples from people. And I find those kind of human interesting, really fascinating. So I do like Gretchen's work in that area. It was an interesting examples on influence and habits. And particularly, like I said, when you see that there seemed to really be, which is how Gretchen got in onto this theme in looking at her other work and then just putting some polls and things through her newsletter, through her Facebook group and starting to see really common language, really common behaviors coming back from four distinct types or groups of people. So then she built that out into this model. That was probably one of the things I found slightly, and maybe this is my, <laughs> this is quite funny actually, probably my questioning mind, is my initial thoughts were, well, how statistically sound is this? Is this just something that's, you know, a poll of 100 people and, all oh, right, we've got four different groups here. So that was probably my questioner's limitation or concern with this content or with this book. 
But that said, I think there's always something to learn or certainly something to think about from having this kind of information in your mind when you're working with people and when you're thinking about setting yourself and others around you up for success. How do people respond to expectations? I think that is a fantastic question to be considering. And there's some good examples of that in the quotes that I'm going to be sharing this week. Speaking of the quotes I'm going to be sharing this week, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, give me a follow. There is a link in the show notes. I share a bit on the podcast and what I've been reading, but also some of the work I'm doing with clients around their teams and team behaviors, etc. As usual, all the contact details are in the show notes. If you've read this book, let me know. I'd love to know what type you are if you've done the quiz. You can join the Facebook group where I'll be putting some questions on about this episode and about this book when we go live. And otherwise, in the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading.